Welcome to today's episode of Between Means and Deans. My name is Nina, and I'm joined by my best friend, partner, and baby daddy, Dayon. And together, we're a couple of 20-something-year-olds just trying to navigate this whole first-time parenting thing. So we're laying it all out there and talking about all the things you wish your parents told you about love, sex, and happiness. So I just managed to put the baby to sleep. There's a baby, by the way. There is a baby, by the way, and that's <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. This episode is all about the birthing process and how it all the went down. The actual birth, not the plan, the actual birth. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing really went mm, according to plan. Not at all. <laughs> we had a planned home birth, and it ended in a emergency C-section, so, I mean, very not to plan. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... The labor was four days, and we really tried to do the home thing. I feel like going into it, I didn't even really know what a normal labor was. And so for me, I was like on day four, and I was like, hey, this seems long. Like, I don't, I don't think this is normal. And everyone was like, yeah, you've had a really bad luck of the draw. Like, this is a rough labor. And I was like, oh, thank you for validating how I feel because this is awful. Yeah. So, I mean, you will also probably hear the little baby make some noises every now and then can't be avoided yeah, we're not gonna leave a, him in the room yeah he's in a bassinet <laughs> right here next to us so yeah so he's he's here in the room with us but he's sleeping but you know he might make some squeals every now and then mm-hmm. but let's let's get into it yeah let's do it <laughs> so basically my labor started kind of with like my mucus plug coming out and like the bloody discharge those are kind of the first signs and that happened after i went to my midwife appointment and she did a cervical check. And so basically that is where she like sticks her fingers in my vagina and like feel how much the cervix is like thinned out or if it's still mm-hmm. there. And she was like, oh, okay, like it's like you kind of almost there, like whatever. And then literally the next day my mucus plug came out and then I had bloody discharge. So I was like, okay, it's like it's kicking off. It's happening. It's happening. So like that was on April 18th is when like the discharge was happening. I was like, we're full force going into this labor thing. And that day I had like some light cramping and by the end of the day, it got a little bit more intense. So the light cramping is kind of like a period cramp. Like it's something that's like pretty manageable. And I was like, okay, like I feel something happening. And like, I feel like with contractions, like you always look up like, what is it going to feel like? And everyone's like, you're going to know what it feels like. <laughs> and at this point I was like, hey, I don't think these are contractions because it's, it, it feels like period pain. Yeah. Like it's not comfortable, but it's like something I'm familiar with. There's and like no mistaking a contraction. Yeah, no. <laughs> Once it finally hit, I was like, oh, hello. Yeah, there's no mistaking it. Yeah. So like, I mean, at this point, like on the 18th, like I'm like really excited and like you try not to be because you know that like it's not going to happen like the next day could but usually it's like kind of like a couple days later that you actually go into labor and so the next day this is the 19th hope you guys are following along i don't know if the numbers are helpful but anyways april 19th april 19th i go into what is early labor so those like cramps turned into contractions throughout the night and it like felt more intense and it happens like every couple of minutes so early labor is like really sporadic it's not as painful obviously as like your actual active labor contractions but it's like the beginning stages that's when you know like your body's like okay like we're gonna start doing this now for me like my contractions came like every 10 minutes eight minutes six minutes so there was a period of time where it was actually consistently five minutes apart and that's when i actually downloaded this app that i just like went to like contractions Mm -hmm. in the iphone app store and like downloaded whatever and i started tracking it because i was like okay like this is five minutes apart that's usually when they tell you to like okay like look out for if it's five minutes apart for an hour and then it decreases to four minutes three minutes like that's when you know you're like in active labor so i was like tracking them but then it went back up to like eight minutes apart And Mm so I was like, okay, like, I think I'm almost there, but like, not really. Like, my body is just like taking its time, whatever. It's just very, very sporadic at this point. And so like... It's still early. Yeah, it's still early. And like, at this point, I texted our doula and she's like kind of the first person of contact, like before I would contact my midwives. And so I contacted her and I told her like what was happening. And she was like, okay, like, that's great. Like, you know, like maybe take a shower and like that will help like ease the pain. And at this point, like it really wasn't that painful yet. Like I would have to like take a moment and like breathe through it. But I was able to like use all the breathing exercises Mm -hmm. I had learned and like, you know, like really take like a deep breath and like exhale and like get through it. I can't and, remember, but you took a bath that when that was happening. Yeah, too, I took right? a yeah, yeah, I took a bath and like that like helped ease it. And so I was like able to stay relatively calm during this time. Mm-hmm. And then 
by nighttime, my doula was like, okay, like, let's just call the midwives and update them so they know, like, what's happening. Like, you're not in active labor, but they should just know so that, like, you know, like, if in the middle of the night, like, it does ramp up that they're on the same page. That they're aware. Yeah. So, like, we called them, updated them, and that was kind of it. Like, that whole day and that whole night was kind of just, like, the same kind of sporadic, slightly more intense contractions, but really not, like, anything super, super painful yet. I was also using, like, a TENS machine. It's essentially, like, a machine that you patch to your body in different places, and it, like, it honestly causes pain, but then it's, like, pain Mm -hmm. that you can control. You can, like, amp it up or, like, turn it down, and it kind of takes your mind off of the other pain that's happening. So, like, that's how it helps. It's very weird to, like, add more pain to the pain that you're already causing. It's kind of like electrotherapy. It, yeah. like, shocks, it shocks your muscles and it makes it, like, tense up and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, it honestly isn't my favorite thing. I think, like, after a while... It feels weird. It's like little yeah. needles, right? Like, you're going Like, down. at first, like, in the first couple of days, I was like, okay, like, yes, this really helps. And then, I mean, by day four, you know, you're, like, wearing the same thing. It's the same type of pain. And I was just like, I can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I was using that in the beginning and it was it was helping. It was helping then. And so I wake up the next morning and my contractions are really intense. And like at this point, it's like, like, I can't really breathe through it. I kept telling myself, like, you know, it's like an ocean wave. It's going to roll over you and it's going to be okay. And don't fight it. Like I had all these techniques in my head that were supposed to help me through it. But it was so, so, so painful. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so hard. And you weren't so, prepared for how intense it really was. No. And, like, yeah. that's the thing is that, like, it's supposed to get this intense. You know, but when it gets this intense, that's when it regulates. And that's when it's, like, that five, four, three-minute interval. And then mm-hmm. you're, like, I'm in active labor. The midwives need to come now and, like, deliver this baby. Or, yeah. like, you need to go to the hospital if that's what you're doing. And so, like, for me, like, it just didn't regulate. And so I was experiencing the same type of intense contractions but not going into active labor. And so, like, that's where, like, a lot of my pain kind of came from. And, like, I ended up having, like, looking at the app, we weren't able to really document all of them, but what we had documented was, like, 300-plus contractions. And that is a lot. Like, that is so much pain, not including, like, you know, the ones that happen in the middle of the night. Because when you're sleeping, like, I would wake up every single contraction, so I wasn't actually sleeping. Like, it was so incredibly painful. And, like, I just, I didn't know that that was, like, not normal or that, like, that was a lot Yeah, to take we wouldn't on. know because, like, all of this was, like, our first time yeah. going through it. And, yeah, it was crazy. I really thought that we were going to have a 420 baby. Like, it was... Yeah, because it was really intense and yeah, everyone and it, thought it, too. And they were pretty, like, they were pretty close. Like, they were five minutes apart. They were kind of, like, getting more consistent and then, like... And then it, all of a sudden it'd go it would back go, up like, to eight. Seven minutes, yeah. eight minutes, Yeah. And it then, was very um, frustrating, and I think that's also part of it, too, is that, like, you need to be relaxed through it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think because it was so painful and, like, it wasn't regulating and it had been some time already that, like, I was, like, getting very frustrated with yeah. my body. And I think that that's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. You kind of get, the, like, exact fed up, opposite. Right? Yeah. yeah, I got very fed up. And, like, I mean, to be fair, like, when our doula was there, she was amazing. Like, she really helped me, like, breathe through them and... Like, it's kind of like, you know how you carry tension, like, in your body? And, like, for me, it's in my shoulders, so I don't even realize when, like, my shoulders are, like, tight. And so, like, for her to be able to, like, coach me through, like, every contraction and, like, tell me to breathe, like, I honestly, like, needed it. Because in Mm -hmm. that moment, like, I couldn't think. Like, I couldn't think, like, okay, you need to breathe through this. Like, it was just so painful. And it was, like, anything that I would say would just make it worse. <laughs> it was, like, we, I, we knew this. We knew this going into it. Yeah. That you wouldn't be That's why we probably the best. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, if you take anything from this whole thing is, like, get a doula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you have any doubt that, like, your partner might not be able to support you. Like, I, le- like, I love you. But I just, we knew that you probably wouldn't be the best at supporting me through this. Because you wouldn't know what to do. And, like, you've tried to, like, you know, give me massages before. And I'm like, nope, that's not it. Yeah. And, like, I'm just, like, in this. It's too firm or, like, too. Yeah, it's just, like, it's never enough. And, like, Dan would do this thing where I'm breathing. And he would hold my head and then get his head as close to mine as possible (laughs) in my airspace. And, like, it was just the most frustrating thing because I'm, like. I really tried to help. I know. And it's, like, I know that you did it out of love. And I know that for you that was your way of supporting and like helping me yeah and like in 
maybe any other situation would have been fine. But in a situation where I need to breathe, I was just like, this is so annoying. Get out of my space. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it is honestly so difficult to like be that partner and like to really console you because it feels like there's nothing I can really say or do because yeah. I can't make your pain go away as much as I want it to. And like, also it just comes from like I'm not in a position of like experience or expertise so if I tell you it's all gonna be okay like just breathe through it you'll be like and what I'm the like, fuck, fuck do you, you know dude. yeah like this shit hurts so much yeah. you have no idea like I think that was also a lot so of my frustration more, yeah. yeah like a lot of my frustration was just like why is this happening mm-hmm. like this is so painful yeah and so but it was honestly the worst when it was just me and you alone the moment a doula came like i'm not even gonna lie i got the short end of the stick the doula could say the same things that i was saying but it would it would help you a lot more than yeah. if i was saying it yeah no so like yes yeah, Artie was, was amazing yeah she was so helpful it was <laughs> yeah insane. and i mean i don't know i was I like don't... calling her because i was like please just come like i need help yeah like, i'm trying everything that i can but in that moment i was very upset with you but at the end of the day like it's not your fault it's like your first birth as well you don't know what to do i probably wouldn't know what to do if i was in your position so it's just it it's just that that's the situation yeah and so it's an intense situation (laughs) it's just you can never really prepare for it yeah so we're on the 20th so this is the day that like you know it's more intense and we think the baby might be coming this day and we set up the birth pool or you set it up yeah and this is kind of like when we're like, okay, like it's probably gonna happen. I'm in the birth pool. I'm contracting in there. It actually feels really nice to be in the birth pool and to like be in warm water. Like it actually helps, like quite a bit. Like it still is very, very painful, obviously, but it's way better than like laying in your bed. And so at this point, they're still inconsistent, haven't regulated. And at this point, Artie has come over. This is the first time that she comes over. But there's nothing that my body can do to regulate it. Like, there's nothing that we can do to, like, speed it up, to, like, get to that place of active labor. And so we decided to call the midwives. And they were like, oh, okay, like, you're probably, it sounds like they're going to regulate really soon. So you're probably going to go into labor tonight um, or tomorrow morning. So we'll just look forward to your call. Like, it'll be, it'll be great. We're going to deliver this baby today. And so, like, that kind of gave me the, like, reassurance, like, okay, like, the end of the rainbow is coming soon, yeah, you know? Like, too. they think that it's going to come soon. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no way you can really know, but based on what my body was doing, like, it was so intense and it was so unbelievably painful. And, like, I, at this point, like, I'm crying. Yeah. Like, I've been crying, crying through, through a lot of the contractions. Yeah. It was so, so painful. And so, like, obviously, I wake up, hasn't regulated. And it's actually really funny because when we went to sleep, Dan was like, I'm going to be here with you through all of this. Like, it's going to be fine. And then, of course, he just goes to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I'm literally going through, like, the most painful contractions. And I'm, like, punching him. And I'm like, wake up. Like, help me. And he just is, like, dead asleep. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah. Again, can't blame you. Like, you're tired, too. Yeah. (laughs) But, anyways, so (laughs) the next morning, it gets even more intense. I know I just keep saying that, but it really does. It is just the worst it was so painful um still inconsistent and at 9 a.m that's when i tell dayon pineapples yeah which is our safe word it's our safe word for me saying i need pain management i can't do this anymore and so at 10 a.m we end up going to the hospital and so there actually is a hospital really close to our house but we ended up going to this other hospital a little bit further because that's one where like our doula could actually be there and it's also like not a religious hospital which we had never really considered before yeah. but when you do have like a religious hospital and it wasn't like a part of like the other hospital unions then they kind of have like different jurisdiction and like things that they do and like protocol so we're like oh maybe we maybe we don't want to do that and another selling point was just that the hospital that we did end up going to is specifically only for laboring yeah Um, so there's no like covid yeah so whereas like like the hospital close to our house like you got all types of patients actually it's like the hub for covid19 yeah Yeah. (laughs) so yeah good thing we didn't go to that hospital (laughs) but anyway so we called our doula and we called our midwives and the doula's like hey just like keep me posted And the midwife was like, okay, like, I'll meet you at the hospital and we can go over your options. I'll check your cervix to see, like, how much you dilated. Mm -hmm. And so we went in 10 a.m. and I was three centimeters dilated. So that was actually very impressive to me because I was like, I just, it's been so stagnant and so, like, whatever. That you thought you weren't even going to be dilated. Yeah, I thought I wasn't even going to be dilated. That I was like, okay, like, it's actually, you know, like, it's moving, it's happening. And so she was like, hey, your options are either you can take morphine and gravel. It's just like a shot in your butt. You can take that now. 
you can get some sleep and then you're going to most likely go into active labor after that because your body just needs some rest yeah. right now. And like, to be fair, like I wasn't really sleeping because I was like having contractions throughout the night for, and they were intense. Well, like, yeah, like intense contractions intense for like two nights now. Yeah. And I wasn't really eating because I couldn't really eat. And so like, I was just like exhausted at this point. So I was like, okay, like that's a solid option. The other option is that I could get admitted into the hospital right then. And then we would do, like, the epidural, like, oxytocin, like, have the baby that night. Yeah, Yeah, like, it would would be, like, a hospital birth. And so there was a part of me that did kind of want to get admitted into the hospital because I was like, I don't, I can't handle this anymore. You know, like, I, I can't do this. But we talked about it. And I think you were very much, like, it's gonna happen. You know, like, it's gonna happen any second now. And I think you really wanted to have like the home birth and believe that we could still do it whereas i was really hopeful i thought it was gonna happen just because like your contractions were so intense and it did go for like an hour where it was five minutes apart and then the whole the whole theory of like your body just needing a chance to rest made a lot of sense to me yeah that's why i thought like if we just did the morphine shot and you could have enough time to like rest through it that the next day you'd be able to push our baby out yeah and i think for me like i just i didn't know what to do because i was like I want to believe that, you know, like, mm-hmm. I want to have the home birth that we planned. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you don't understand what's happening to my body and the, like, amount of pain that I feel yeah. like, can I continue? Like, I don't know. And so, like, it was it was a really hard decision to make. But I was like, okay, you know what, let's just try the morphine. And if it doesn't work, then we can go go to the hospital. And then, and then at that point, we'll do, like, the epidural and all of that. Yeah. And so I got the morphine shot. And this is the second time I've ever had morphine. The first time was when I had kidney stones a couple years ago. And morphine is honestly, you feel great. Like, you feel amazing. And I still felt my contractions, but they weren't as intense. So, like, I couldn't tell you if it was, like, getting more intense or, like, if it was regulating or anything like that. Like, I couldn't really tell. Um, But the thing is, like, they give you morphine and gravel because morphine tends to make you nauseous. And gravel helps with the nausea. But I was way too nauseous. Like, I, I don't know if it was just my body or whatever, but, like, I chowed down on a breakfast burrito, like, right after we got the shot, because I was like, yay, I can finally, like, eat and get some rest, ate the breakfast burrito, puked the breakfast burrito, couldn't really sleep because I was so nauseous. You couldn't even hold water. Yeah, I think Dan, like, made me a smoothie, puked that up, water, puked that up, like, I I couldn't hold anything down, and that was literally from, like, 10 a.m., to 8 p.m. was just constant puking. I went back in the tub, tried to go into active labor, and it didn't happen. Like, I woke up from my nap, and it didn't happen. And, like, at this point, it was just so painful that I was crying through every single contraction. Yeah. And Ardula came over because she had, like, gone home that night to, like, get some rest. She came over because Dan was like, you know, it's puking, and I don't know what to do. And she's yelling at me. Everything, <laughs> everything I do, she's it was, just... It was so awful. <laughs> it was so awful. And, like, at this point, like, I'm very frustrated, you know? Yeah. Like, because I thought that if I had taken the morphine that... Like, obviously, there was a chance that it wouldn't work out, but I was just like, my body's so close, you know? And so, like, I was just so frustrated because I was like, I like, what do you want? Like, what do you need? Yeah. And, like, I was so tired because I was puking everything. Like, I just, I didn't have any food in me. Like, I was just, like, at my end. Yeah, like, at I my think, end. And I think me being so hopeful didn't make it better because I no. kept just going, like, I really, like, I can see it happening. Yeah, he, like, and I'm you, like, you how this, do you baby? not? Yeah. But, like, I think that was what was also very frustrating for me was because I was harboring some resentment because i had said pineapples and we had agreed that when i said pineapples that meant that i had had enough and Mm -hmm. like he somehow convinced me to like get the morphine and like go home and like and but that's that's the thing it wasn't my intention i know it wasn't your intention and like but i think for me like what i wish you understood in that moment was that that is done that is done that it's like this you know like i wanted this too i wanted the home birth i wanted a natural birth but like I couldn't do it and like that's what mm-hmm. pineapples was supposed to mean and like I just like I yeah so it was it was very very and I do frustrating that I'm like really sorry about that, that yeah well it, it ends up spiraling into much worse yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think it's bad now but it gets <laughs> it gets even worse so so basically our midwife comes over because we're like we don't know what to do we did the morphine and gravel nothing's happening at this point, they were five to six minutes apart happening for around a minute. Like, the contractions were happening for a minute and, like, 30 seconds. So, they were, like, nice long contractions. Yeah. It felt fairly consistent, but then there would be times where it and would then it goes, Yeah, and then it goes yeah. back up to eight minutes for one. And then yeah. it's, like, we're, like, okay, well, that just throw all of that away. Yeah. We'll just start over again. So, our midwife comes over. This is now, like, 
8 p.m. And this is on the 21st. This is on the 21st. And she checks my cervix. It's still three centimeters dilated. So at this point, I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I, like the, this After is not hours working. hours of pushing that, it's the same as where yeah, it was like before. It's, like, this is, like, the 21st, and it started on the 19th. Like, light cramping started on the 18th. So it's just, like, it's been days now mm-hmm. of just intense pain. No sleep. And, like, basically, she was like, okay, like, now your option would be to stay here and continue doing this. <laughs> I just feel ridiculous right now. Um, or we can go to the hospital and you know do the things that we discussed. We can do the oxytocin to get your labor going. We can do the epidural because this is clearly very painful for you. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a hospital birth. And so I was like, yes, let's do that. Great. And so we pack up everything. We get to the hospital at 11 p.m. And at 11 p.m. until 3 a.m., I am in a room. Like, at this point, I think, like, I'm in a room where, you know, things are going to happen. But it's actually just the room downstairs that they keep you in. Until the actual (laughs) room is ready. (laughs) Until the actual room is ready. So, like, the, the actual birthing rooms are upstairs. And I guess they're just, like, were a lot of women that were giving birth at that moment in time. Like, three women were pushing at that moment in time. So, they, like, didn't have anything open. So, I didn't think it was going to be four hours but I was literally in this room for four hours with Ardula and Dayon crying, fucking mm-hmm. bawling through these contractions because, okay, like, at this point I should describe the contractions. So usually, you know, it's like in your vagina, it's like that really tight feeling and it's like, you know, you hear people like wailing through it and that's normal, you know, like that's an intense contraction. Some people get like back labor, which is like really intense pain in your back mm-hmm. and that was me. So I had both my uterus pain and my back pain. And the back pain got progressively worse and worse and worse as the contractions got worse. So, like, at this point, like, I don't even really feel anything in my uterus happening because the back pain was so much worse. Mm -hmm. Like, it actually felt... I I can't even describe what it felt like. It was so painful. And, like, I didn't really know, like, what to do about it. But every single time that I got a contraction, I literally felt like my spine was going to break. And, like, that isn't super normal like i think it's like something that does happen to people and we learn later that it's because the baby's head was facing the wrong way so like so usually the baby's face would be facing your spine Mm -hmm. and then his skull would be facing like where your belly button is but for me his head was the other way around so his skull was actually against my spine so if you think about just like how hard that is like bone to bone and then like he's pushing his head back with every contraction and so he's just pushing his head into my spine with every single contraction and it was so unbelievably painful and like we just we didn't know that that was something we didn't know yeah yeah. like at this point we're just like oh okay it's like a lot of back pain with your contractions so speaking of unpredictable circumstances this is a great segue on how unpredictable the future is and this is why insurance exists in the first place life insurance and i mean this is very on brand for what we're talking about because life insurance is really important to think about especially when you're bringing life into this world because you want to make sure that if anything happens to you that one you're taken care of but should anything even more dramatic happen that your loved ones are taken care of and so with policy genius you can check out their website but basically you can shop around for different insurance policies and it's totally free they compare it all for you so that you can get the best policy possible. So I would definitely, 10 out of 10, highly recommend that you get some life insurance. We both have life insurance, and it's really important, not just for yourself, but also, like I said, to take care of your loved ones if anything should happen to yourself. Basically, it provides a tax-free lump sum of money for your loved ones after your death, so you can make sure that they're able to pay everyday bills, such as like children's college costs or final expenses, things like that. You want to make sure you're not leaving them hanging. Yeah, and I mean... Funerals are expensive, too. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to think about it, but you have to think about it. So outside of our situation, life is really unpredictable and scary right now. So they've actually seen a huge jump in people searching for life insurance. So if you're one of those people and you don't know where to start, definitely head to policygenius.com and get yourself a quote, compare a bunch of policies. It's the best way to go about it.
So jumping back into our birthing story. <laughs> We're still downstairs. We're still downstairs. They actually put you on like the IV so you can get some fluids. Yeah, we got, I got fluids. Because you couldn't hold down water. So then... They were hydrating you through your veins, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, like, that is literally nothing. That does nothing for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So at 3 a.m., they finally like, yay, we have a birthing seat for you. And so we go upstairs and there's still, it's still like half an hour to an hour before, like, the anesthesiologist comes to give me an epidural. And thankfully, I got an epidural before they put me on oxytocin. And it was actually our doula that suggested that. that, Which, like, it was a great call because, like, the oxytocin would accelerate your contractions so that you like actually get dilated and like you would feel all of that Mm -hmm. like it would just be so so painful if you weren't on like any pain management and so i managed to get the epidural first so i couldn't really feel anything which was great and then i had the oxytocin and so they usually go up to like a level 20 like that's kind of the max that they'll go up to and usually that's what women need in order to like get into active labor but for me they only had to go up to level five which is actually very low and so they were saying that like all my body really did need was to just relax a little bit and it would have been able to go into active labor but i think because of the intense pain because his head was posterior because his like skull was to my spine like i couldn't relax because it was just too painful yeah your contractions were intense as well like because they had you hooked up to that like I think yeah. it's called like a taka machine or toka or something. Yeah. And it like measures out your contractions and they were like quite high. Like They were really intense. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was also like once I got the epidural, like my whole body got so itchy. Like they Mm-mm. said that that was like a side effect, but it was, way. oh my God, it was so itchy. Like our doula was saying that like I was the only person that she's ever had that's actually been itchy while they're on the epidural like it's happened like afterwards where they're like oh like i came off it and i got really itchy but i was the only person that was itchy during it and i like couldn't stop scratching myself it was just (sighs) yeah it was (laughs) it was rough and so basically at this point like my water breaks i it literally felt like someone like smashed a water balloon like against my butt (laughs) so my water breaks and i'm like so happy because i'm like yay okay finally like this is happening yeah and like our midwife comes she checks and i'm 9.5 centimeters dilated so i'm like basically there she's like okay we're gonna have you push and i'm gonna like basically stick my fingers in there and like push this one little lip of like your cervix so that like yeah so it can go over his head and then like you know you're like good to like actually push him out so we're doing that i'm pushing and i'm like yes i'm finally gonna meet my baby this is amazing and i'm pushing 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 and nothing is happening And so she's finally like, okay, let's bring in the OB. He's going to just look at everything and make sure that, you know, like everything's okay. So then we can keep pushing. And so he comes and he was like... But this was... No, but this was before because you were pushing for quite some time. But then there were certain positions where as you were pushing, the heart rate of our baby was dropping. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yes, you're right. That's why. Okay, see, my memory's a little bit foggy now. Well, that's okay. If you you can remember, (laughs) I have not eaten anything. (laughs) And I had literally no energy. So, like, pushing was actually very difficult for me because it took everything, Mm. everything out of me to, like, try and muster up some energy for this. So, yeah. So, the OB comes and they honestly, like, I feel like they made it seem like not a very big deal because they were like, oh, like, his heart rate is just, like, dropping. Like, that actually is, like very concerning but to me i was like oh okay like no it was like yeah like i was concerned with each contraction it was dropping yeah i was quite a bit i wasn't really aware of that but you weren't looking at the monitor yeah that's that's true because i'm just like focused on pushing and then they're like okay we're just gonna bring the opium yeah and i can just kind of see that like (laughs) everyone was like low-key concerned but you know how they don't really show their emotions or don't want to say that's probably why i didn't catch on to it yeah yeah so i was like but then she like stuck so then she stuck a like heart rate monitor kind of like on his head like right where my vagina is basically Mm -hmm. because like before that they were detecting his heart from like through my stomach and with every push like it just kept moving and i was so itchy and like it just wasn't working right and so like yeah they put one on his head and then like you can actually like hear his heart rate and i think that for me was when i was actually like oh okay like this is this is a concern and so the ob comes and he feels around and he's like oh the baby is posterior and I'm like, wow, <laughs> fucking great. Finally, we solved why this is so, so painful for yeah. me. So the baby's posterior, which at first I didn't think was like, I was like, okay, like that's just causing me a lot of pain, but it's fine. He's going to come out fine. But he was like, well, basically like because of his position, like the baby's head will come out kind of like oval shape, but your birthing canal is round. And so like 
he also is a larger baby. Like, his head is quite large. And, like, just looking at my stomach, like, he's quite long as well. And so Mm -hmm. he was like, this is a bigger baby. And already he's posterior. So this is going to be quite difficult. He needs to turn around. Like, he needs to face the other way. And you can push. And sometimes the baby will turn around. So you can try that. And I was like, great, let's do that. And then he was like, if not, we have two options. And the first option would be to take forceps and turn the baby's head. Yeah, manually rotate him. And then pull him out. Would I have to push him? No, they said with vacuum too. You would have to push as well. but Yeah, and I would get an episiotomy. Yeah. Where they would cut They'd have to open it up a little bit more. Yeah, so that was option (laughs) number one if I couldn't rotate him with my pushing option two was get a c-section and at this point i'm just like i honestly feel so numb inside like i just like i don't like i'm so tired like i'm so so tired i'm like i just want this baby out of me like i just i didn't know what else to do but i was like okay let's try pushing because i might as well i'm already here you know like he might turn around hopefully and so another another reason i guess just to explain like why it is significantly harder when a baby is posterior. The way the OB was explaining to me is like, you would essentially want like the baby to like be facing the other way because to get out through that pelvic bone, you should be like hunched, hunched over. But then mm-hmm. the, when you're flipped the other way, it's really difficult for you to like move your head backwards. And that's where his skull would be hitting on your spine. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was extremely painful on your back. And also that's why his heart rate was dropping, no? Um, well, I think so, yeah. Probably yeah. because like with the contractions and then with his direction, so yeah. So like maybe he was like head. unable to breathe in certain with yeah. certain contractions yeah so basically i continued to push for another hour and it felt it felt promising too because when you did push for another hour you got into a position where you were uncomfortable before but it was on hands and knees yeah. and the heart rate was doing well like our baby's heart rate was doing well and i can like see like all the movement like it looked like it was about to just like pop out you know yeah. what i mean like your everything was like spreading out or that's the thing is like it it just was such a domino effect of events like if we had gone into the hospital earlier you know like when when it was morphine or gravel or get admitted to the hospital when i had more energy maybe maybe i could have pushed him out but i know even then it probably wouldn't have but but the fact that i had puked out everything in my system for the whole day for all of the 21st, you know, like I had literally nothing in my system. Yeah. I had no energy. I was so sleep deprived. Like this was like day four at this point because mm-hmm. this because it was 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. that we were in that room downstairs. And then this is the 22nd. Like we're on the 22nd. This is day four of labor. Yeah. And I just I had nothing in me. So like maybe I would have been able to push. But I, I also just think the likelihood of him rotating was just so, so not likely. Yeah. And he's a big baby. He's and, like, a big baby. Your tummy was big. Yeah, and it was it, it was so painful. Like mm-hmm. it was so so painful. Like not just like in obviously like my vagina, but also like with his head against my back, and then also like his feet were pushing against my ribs, ribs as well. Mm-hmm. And he's you all, long, man. He's tall. Yeah, he was really tall, and like it just like at that point, like I had an epidural, but also like we kind of stopped pumping the epidural once I started pushing because you need to be able to kind of feel Mm -hmm. what you're doing. So, like, I could feel all of that pain again. And it was was just too much. So, like, it got to the point where they were like, okay, this isn't working. And it had been an hour. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so the OB came back in and Dan was like, okay, like, what do you think is the best option? You know, like, what has the best rate of success, in your opinion, either doing, like, the forceps or the C-section? And he was like, I mean, if we do the forceps... Like, we could try, and it might work, but then if it doesn't work, we end up doing a C-section. So then you end up having even more... Stuff to heal from. Yeah, more stuff to heal from, and it's not guaranteed, whereas a C-section, you know, is, like, it's safer, and it's guaranteed. And so I was like, okay, done, C-section, let's go. And (laughs) so they wheel me off, and I'm I'm actually very nauseous at this point, so I, like, close my eyes. (laughs) They wheel me off, and it's just this big white room, and I honestly don't... Like, I'm just looking up. Because, like, yeah. I don't see much. And there's just a lot of people around me. There's nurses. There's other people. There's another anesthesiologist. There's the OB. And I'm extremely emotional at this point yeah. as well. Oh, once they tell me, the moment that they tell me, like, the first time that you might need to get a C-section, I just stopped looking at Dan. Like, I couldn't, like, I just, I couldn't keep it together because mm-hmm. I knew that you were going to be so emotional. 
and so, like because I guess just like the the type of person I am, I always think the worst. I'm like the type of person that if I hop on a plane, I always think it's gonna go down. I got to say bye to all my friends, yeah. Even if I'm gone for just a week, but like, yeah, it's just like surgeries are scary to me. It's like I don't know if you're gonna make it back, and that was like the scariest thing. Yeah, was like, and I knew that about you, so that's yeah. why I was like, I can't look at you. I like I need to. Like, yeah, this is a decision that needs to be made, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't have any other choice. And so, like, I was like, you just need to... Like, my, like, my thing, thing is, in mind was just, like, you just need to go in and do it. Yeah, and I didn't want to scare you. Like, I didn't, like... And I tried to, like, conceal my emotions. Yeah, and, like, I know. Not, I just... But, I know who you are. I knew yeah. that it would make you very, very emotional. So, I just... Yeah. I just wanted everything to be okay. Like, at the end of yeah. the day, I just wanted, like, our baby to be delivered yeah. and for us to be like healthy and happy and i think at that point i just became very detached because even Artie was talking to me like our doula was talking to me and like i just was so like i can't yeah like i, I just can't interact with people right now like you were done you were yeah yeah you reached the, the boiling point the threshold but it was also just the fact that i was like i don't want to do this but i have to yeah. and if i like continue to talk there's about no turning it, back yeah there's... like if i if i talk to people about it right now like it's gonna make me emotional it's gonna make me like scared or whatever but i was like you just like i have to just go you in and so do tough, this honestly such a champ so like throughout the whole thing yeah so i mean we go into this room and i will be honest i did not research as much as i should have about the potential possibility of an emergency I mean, we didn't expect for that to happen literally like I can't say that it shouldn't have happened but it was like i was very low risk mm-hmm. and i was measuring correctly and there was no reason to be concerned and, and we I mean, were planning a home birth like it was and just, everything seemed to be progressing fine honestly like from like your mucus plug to like yeah. the bloody show the contractions happening i really thought everything was going to progress like very not easily but like it would just flow yeah you know and it mean? wasn't just us thinking that like it was like our midwives as well and yeah. everyone was like yeah this is gonna be a pretty easy birth for you and i was like yeah i let that get to my head and i was like cool i don't have to research all the scary possibilities and then they're like we're so sorry you were dealt the shittiest card yeah (laughs) but anyway so i go into surgery and like i said like i wasn't really paying attention to anything like people were talking to me but my head was just so like you need to just get this done like i just couldn't allow myself to like get emotional Mm -hmm. and so basically they pumped more drugs into me through like my little IV, which is like where I had like my epidural before. So they froze my whole midsection, which I was like, okay, like, you know what? A C-section is scary, but you know, you're not going to feel anything. They're going to sit you up. It's going to be fine. And when they put the drugs in me, like you just feel like chills like down your back. And he was like, you're going to feel like a lot of shakes and Mm -hmm. like chills. And that's going to be normal and don't fight it. Just let it happen. Let it wash over you. And I was like, okay, you know, like, I'm going to be shaking a little bit. It was uncontrollable shaking. Like, it was shaking like no, like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And at this point, too, like, the early, like, when they first brought you in the room, I wasn't allowed in. So I was yeah, in I was, the waiting room. Yeah, and, I was just with my midwife and yeah. the anesthesiologist. Like, those two were the ones talking to me. Everyone else was, like, doing stuff around my body. Yeah, and unfortunately, Artie Ardula was also not allowed. Yeah, to, at that point, like, I didn't us. see yeah. her anymore. Because yeah. she couldn't see us in recovery. Which sucks because and... she was, like, helping us through the whole process yeah. and, like, didn't get a chance to meet the baby. But that's because of, like, the whole COVID situation. Yeah. Like, normally she would be able to be with us, like, in recovery and stuff like that. But it's just because they're limiting, like, the number of people that can be your support person, whatever. So once they get me pumped with all the drugs and I'm shaking, that's when Dayon comes in. And they warned him. They told him that I was going to be shaking a lot. But it wasn't, like, it was, it wasn't just, like, your teeth chattering. It was my teeth chattering, but also, like, my arms. Like, I literally was, like, my whole body. Like, well, my whole upper body. Yeah. It was actually just, like. Your hands were spread out. Like, you look, like. I was, like, on the cross. On the cross, yeah. yeah. And just, like, an exorcism. Just, yeah, like, I was literally, like, my whole body was, like, aggressively shaking. Yeah. Like, I can't even describe it. Like, because I just didn't think it would be that aggressive. And, like, you're trying not to fight it, but it's also just your body's natural instinct to, like, try to, like, hold it down and, like, not yeah. move that much. But anyways, so Dan comes in and he was like, it's going to be okay, baby. And, like, <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Like, I'm just <laughs> sitting there shaking. And then eventually they get started. Like, it all moves, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. They get started and I don't feel anything, obviously. And then the anesthesiologist is like, you're going to feel some pressure in your rib cage as they uh, push his butt out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Like, you know, like, that's to be expected. And then all of a sudden I feel like just like this pounding on my chest. Like it was literally like 
I thought he was gonna break my ribs, mm. and I was like, Ugh. like I just yeah, I couldn't. Screaming. Yeah, I was screaming, and like the anesthesiologist, yeah, anesthesi- he was, he was he so was, concerned. Yeah, he was so concerned. He was like, he was like, pain. You feel pain? And I was like, yes. And he was like, like, like what kind of pain? And I was like, it was just so much pressure. And he was like, I told you this was gonna happen. And I was like, not like this. And it yeah. was just, it was so, so painful because it literally felt like he was like gonna squish my whole body, but he basically had to like push the baby's butt from my ribs all the way down to like my pelvic bone what i'm curious about is was he doing that like from the inside or from the outside from the outside i think okay because i was no because somebody has forceps on his head head, and And then then... he's pushing his butt out Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so like so they did end up using forceps um but to be fair it's like i mean the hole that they cut like the incision is quite small so like to push this big baby out is like like, I, I get why they had to push that hard. But mm-hmm. it was, like, it wasn't just, like, oh, okay, like, it's, like, quick, like, a piercing. It's going to be, like, one, two seconds. It was, like, 10 to 15 seconds of, like, intense pounding on my chest. Oh, my God. It was so painful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wasn't expecting that at all. And that happened. And then they asked Dayon if he wanted to see the baby come out. And I, knowing you, I was, like, I don't know if you're going to. But I was, like, you should... And yeah, so... <laughs> I was like, I, like in my own head, I was thinking like, am I going to be able to unsee this? Like, is it going to be like extremely disgusting? Like what's going yeah. on down there? You know what I mean? Because they, they have put the, that, sheet yeah, up, they yeah. Put the sheet up. And then so like you can't see, but then I'm tall enough to like peek over. So I did end up Our midwife over. was like, you should look, you should look. Yeah, she was like, you should do it. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'll do it. And I looked over and I can like see like half of his body coming out of that like slit, like below your belly button. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> and like, it wasn't, it wasn't like. It wasn't extremely gruesome. Like, yeah. it, it, it felt, like, clean and, like, it just made sense. It was, like, there's a slit. The baby's coming out of that yeah. hole. It's, like, nothing crazy. And, but it was just such, like, I didn't expect for it to be, like, as magical or, like, as, like, yeah. as, like, overwhelmingly beautiful as, like, what a you imagine birth. a vaginal birth yeah. would be, like, right? Where it's, like, you see the baby get pushed on. You're, like, oh, my God. Like, you're, like, extremely happy. But I would say it was, like... I mean, I, I don't know what it felt like to have a vaginal birth, yeah. but I would say that it was an, an equal feeling of like, oh my God, this baby. is our baby. Yeah. This is like amazing. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, when you pulled the baby out and like showed him us, like we were just like, Man, Yeah, so like Dayan obviously saw him first yeah. and then they put the baby up so that I could see him. They like hang him over. Yeah, they got to <laughs> hang him over. And like, I could see him and like, I, I was watching your face while you were watching the pull him out. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the baby and like you were crying and then i was crying and then like i was like it's over it's finally fucking over you know like like, i haven't i haven't cried in that way and like i can't even explain the type of like crying i had it was like tears of happiness but it was like on a whole nother level like i don't know if you felt that way as well because you were like probably quite drugged Drugged you weren't drugged up but like for me it was just like honestly the most amazing feeling like just like to finally meet this person and see his yeah. face and like see that everything looks okay, you know what I mean? Like he looks healthy, and yeah. I was just like, kind of like it was like a screaming cry. It was like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, ah, like crying. <laughs> so like it was interesting, and it was just like such an amazing feeling. Yeah, I but, think for me it was like I did feel that happiness, but for me it was also relief because mm-hmm. it was finally it was over. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I remember seeing his face for the first time and like. The first thing that popped in my head was like, he looks like my dad. <laughs> um, Crazy. But yeah. Yeah. So then after that, like they stitched me up and I'm, I'm still uncontrollably shaking. So it was it was pretty rough. Like I couldn't hold the baby. Like they asked me if I wanted to. Yeah. Like right after they pulled him out, obviously, like the pediatrician like looked him over and like they wiped him down like on like their table or whatever. So it's not like they pulled him out and immediately plopped him on me. Like they had to take him to the other corner of the room yeah. and like examine him but, but there's also um at one did they always have that screen up there but there was a screen in front of you oh yeah i can see it oh you didn't, you I, didn't look at it? i could it was it was too hard for me to look at it mm. yeah, it, yeah I, think I was, it was like where it was because positioned. like i don't know if it was like a camera that like because it followed him like everywhere he went yeah so when they put when they weighed him and when they like did all the measurements yeah i tried to look at it but i think it was at an angle where i it was really 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 hard for me to see it mm-hmm. so like i couldn't with my shaking and everything i couldn't do it so yeah it, they brought the baby over and they were like oh like let's like put him on your chest but at that point i was shaking you so like, much i was I, yeah i legit was like i'm gonna drop him i have literally no control over my body and like the space that i had to put him on my chest was like 
my boob up. So, like, he was going to be, like, on my neck, basically. Yeah. So, I was just, like, I, I can't, like, I can't, like, how am so I supposed to hold I was him? Like, that's why I offered him, like, should I do skin to skin? They're, like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, so like, I, like ripped off yeah. my shirt right there. I was, like, let Dayan <laughs> hold him. I was, like, somebody should hold him. Yeah, and then I so, was, I mean, like, like yeah. That it was funny too because I was but... like, because I was like, this is, to the nurse, I'm like, this is my first time having a baby, so tell me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, it sucks for me because I was like, obviously, I wanted to be able to like hold my baby. Yeah. But I just was like, I'm not. I don't want to drop him, and mm-hmm. like, I just yeah. So. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, yeah. you were completely numb, so. But I'm glad that you were able to mm-hmm. still, and like, obviously, I like saw him, and the shakes were still really bad at this point, and they were like stitching me up. So stitching me up took about like ten minutes, I would say. It was pretty quick, I think. Yeah. It was pretty quick, but still, I was like watching the clock, and I was like, "Please let this be over." I, gl- I glanced over it as well. I like saw them pull out, like your placenta was on the table, mm-hmm. and like, but like, you can see like the thickness of the skin. It's almost like we watched enough botched like beforehand for me to be like desensitized so to like surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it was, it was pretty much that. It, they were just like sewing up yeah. your skin, and it was crazy. Yeah, for me, it was just because I was like, I need this to be over because it was fast, but it was also so long as they're stitching me up, I'm still, I still have drugs in my system that are, that's making me shake. And at this point, like my jaw hurts so much because like I'm shaking and I'm chattering, but I'm trying to like fight it. Mm. But you, I I, keep having to tell myself like, just give into it, but it's so, so, so hard. Because when you give into it, it just gets more aggressive, no? Yeah, I just, it was, yeah, it was, it was painful in its own way. So after they stitched me up, they, like, wheeled me into the recovery room. And that's when I, like, actually was, like, able to, like, hold my baby. And, like, he breastfed. Like, he actually latched, which was great. And I was, like, starting to feel parts of my body again. Like, I could wiggle my toes. But that is that is our whole birth story. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I noticed that as we're talking about this, I get quite emotional at certain points. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. But, like, I feel like all the other times I've talked about it, like, I haven't. And I think that just the more that I, like, think about it, the more, the more I realize that, like, it was very dramatic, like. Mm -hmm. It's okay, baby. It was a lot. But our baby's here. Yeah, like, I mean, it was all worth it, but it was just, like, like, it all happened so fast, like, the tail end Mm -hmm. of it. Like, the first part of it was obviously very slow, and it took forever, but. I think in that moment, I didn't realize how traumatic it was for me because I was like, this is just something that I need to do. But then as like as I've been recovering and thinking about it more, like I don't know if I would ever want to get pregnant again because mm. it was just so awful. You went through so much. And it's like after it all happened, like it just felt like a bad nightmare, you know, and like like I don't remember my body experiencing that type of pain. But I think it's just, like, for me now, it's... I don't want to go through surgery ever again, you know? Like, I... And, like, I don't know if my body would be able to give birth vaginally because it was supposed to. Yeah. But he was just turned the wrong way. You can't help that. In regards to what our midwives were saying and everything, they said, like, everything you did was perfect. Like, everything you did was perfect. Yeah, but that's the thing is that... But you can't control, like... You can't. It's uncontrollable. Yeah, like, you can't control those things. And, like, I think I just... Yeah, I don't know if I would ever be Go able to. Again, yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you, baby. I love you too. It's a lot to heal from too. Like this whole healing process, you're still going through it. Yeah, I mean that's that's another podcast episode waiting to be made because the recovery and like everything after is just a whole other, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other set of challenges and like. And I mean, just dealing with like, I mean, with the postpartum blues and yeah, and just the because your hormones are changing. Because like, yeah, now we're recording rate. this like he is nine days old, so just over a week, and I mean, so much happens. And he's amazing. Week. He's honestly yeah, he's the best baby. So cute. Yeah, and, like, but he is the best. He makes it. Great. He makes it worth it. And he's just so darn cute. I don't know if that's just us because, like, maybe, like, parents <laughs> see things in the rose-colored glasses and stuff, but he's just so cute. He is very cute. Yeah. He's, like, a like the perfect combination of both of us. Yeah. And that's, like, when they first pulled him out, like, that's what I saw, and I was just, like, so astounded, and that's why I was, like, crying hysterically. Yeah. So that was our emotional, tumultuous journey. 
that brought us to here where we actually have our baby. So but, crazy that it was a planned home birth and it was and, and it went absolutely unaccording it to just plan. was so yeah it was just so not where i thought we would end up at all but that's yeah. birth i mean like it literally never goes according to plan yeah but i think like for me like i just read so many stories about like home births and like natural births that i was like i can do this like my body can do this and i was like so ready for it and i wouldn't say that at any point i was like disappointed in myself or like anything like that like i think like you can't be yeah like i think i did everything that i possibly could have it was just like i just i just went through a lot more pain and yeah. i think i i mean you really gave it your all felt i should have i'm like beyond grateful that you're my partner and that you managed to to go through all of that can't believe this is my life now <laughs> <laughs> that's it for our story i guess it's it was it was a gong show to it say was. the least, um, but we it came has a out happy of it. Ending. We came out of it with a baby and a really cute one. So that's him. That's him making noises, <laughs> being a part of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Things don't always go so according to plan, but birth is birth. Um, <laughs> it will never go according to plan. It will never go according to plan. But at the end of the day, like most people will tell you, it is worth it. It is. it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's no point in beating yourself up over what should have happened or what could have happened. And I had to learn to let go of that really quickly. Yeah. Because there's there's just nothing you could have done. You know, there's there's nothing I could have done. It's out of your control completely. So it's like, I mean, now I'm realizing that I have, I think, trauma for the future. But like, in this situation, in everything that happened, like, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. Like, at the end of the day, that, that is what it is. So... So yeah, I hope that you know this was this was interesting for you to listen to. I, d- I didn't want to add another traumatic birth story out there because I feel like there's just so many and there's so much fear we didn't surrounding childbirth. That we were be that, but yeah, but like it was my experience. So it's the story, it is, it's <laughs> that the is, truth, that's right? That's the story. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> but we came out of it with a Taurus, a Taurus baby, which is like perfectly compatible with Dayon's Pisces and my Virgo. So I'll leave it at that. You can follow us on IG at Needs and Deans. I'm at Your Girl Needs, and I'm Dayon's Day Off. Our next few episodes will be about our journey so far, and we'll talk about what the first week was like, what recovery from a C-section is like, because yeah. it is a brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, we will see you guys later. Love you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.